Many people out there will understand when I talk about a sight loss journey and for many people that's perhaps having your sight then through illness, disease or accidents that suddenly your sight start to deteriorate or go completely and that journey is how you rebuild your life, how you get back on your feet again and continue with life. Now we like to highlight stories of people who have been through this journey and today I'm going to be speaking with footballer Dave Thomas and Dave's played football at uh, every level, right up to international football, playing for England. But that all changed when his sight began to deteriorate, and uh, Dave joins me now. Dave, tell me about the passion for football, first of all. Where did that come from? Well, I live with my grandfather, and uh, maybe some people may know there's a local side not far from where I live now called West Auckland football club and they actually won the first ever world cup in 1909 they represented great britain at that time and my grandfather was captain of that first team that won it so it was quite a journey you can imagine traveling from a northeast mining town to turin in 1909 and um, my football history came from granddad really he was very very keen and i obviously took a liking to the sport when I was a young boy for about two or three years old and just practiced and practiced and and that was always my aim. I wanted to be a footballer and uh, I was very grateful that I achieved what I set out to be, which you can well imagine, even in my day, there's not many people get to that particular career and it's even harder now, I'm led to believe. When did you turn professional? I turned professional on my 17th birthday at, at Burnley Football Club. So I had two years as an apprentice and then on the 17th birthday, they call you into the office to say, well, we're going to release you, let you go, or they're going to offer you a contract. And uh, I was very lucky enough to sign my first professional form at 17 years old. So you started off at Burnley, Dave. Where did the football journey take you? What other clubs did you play for? Well, I, I was at Burnley for five years, and then I was transferred to Queen's Park Rangers in London. I was transferred on, after six years, I went to Everton for three and then I would have stayed at Evan for quite a while, but I was just in a contract dispute, that's okay. And um, I had the opportunity of going to Wolves or Manchester United, and um, probably one of the biggest regrets of my life, I turned Man United down, I went to Wolves, and it was a disaster. So I left there, I had this opportunity of going playing in North America. We played at what they call the North American Soccer League, as it was known then. It's called the MLS now, um, and we went to live in, in Canada in Vancouver so that was a great experience with my wife and my two girls so and then I came back and I went to Portsmouth and finished my career at Portsmouth so a bit of a roller coaster long journeys trekking about but uh, I wouldn't have swapped it I wouldn't have swapped <laughs> my journey and you played internationally as well yeah I did yes played it internationally I was one of the you know one of the few that played for school boys and I went all the way through to full international level and uh, as I said Lots of highs, lots of lows, but um, on the whole, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my career. It was great. Absolutely loved it. Like many people, your, your sight began to deteriorate. When did you first realise there was a problem? Well, I would thank God. If it had happened in the 60s and 70s and 80s, I wouldn't have been playing football, I can assure you. So I was very, very fortunate when you look back to get through that. The first time I found out was about 18 years ago, just about 1999, 2000, that I went to the opticians to obviously get my eyes checked, and the opticians picked up some peripheral vision loss, and as it turned out, it was quite severe in the year 2000. I went to see a top surgeon, and they sent me for a, 
a scan. And I knew they, they were obviously concerned there was something nasty behind the eyes, but thank God there wasn't. But um, my peripheral vision was uh, pretty bad, and as people probably aren't aware, it's something you're not aware of your peripheral vision. You think you're okay. At that time, I was still driving, and then I continued to drive, and then I, I think it was about the year 2008. Literally, I went for the eye test the second time to an independent opticians, and because I'd finished my football career then, I was teaching in a, a secondary school PE in Chichester in West Sussex. And just as I was about to go to school to get in my car, a letter came through the post from the DVLA to say, I can't drive anymore. And as you can well imagine, that was quite life-changing. You can imagine a lot of people, that's major life-changing, which it was for me, but I'm, I've always been a very positive person. I think my sport helped me on that, and I just thought, well, okay, I've lost my license, I've got to readjust my life, and I used to get the bus to school. So basically... My peripheral vision is shot to bits. But I'm still very, very lucky, Alan, that my central vision isn't too bad. I've still got some sight, but uh, I am aware that there's certain things now that to my left and to my right and above, I've got to be very careful. I'm very aware of where I walk. And then obviously that was the decision then that possibly applying for a guide dog. And my wife and I went to the horse racing at Epsom. And I walked through this, like a tunnel, and there were so many people in there. And I just said to my wife, I've got to get out of here. I just feel as if I was going to walk into them. And, and it was like a form of a panic. And I'd never experienced that before. I turned back and I just went and sat in a tent on my own. My wife went to watch the race and I was quite happy. And then I realized there was, there was a bit of a problem. Since getting my guide dog, he told me the new era, as, as you're well aware yourself, Alan. It sounds as if you were, as you say, very positive, even when you were told, you know, you're, you're losing your licence. You found ways around things. Even now, I just just get on with it, really. But looking back, I'm, I'm thankful that I, I did go and get all the tests, and uh, I just took it on the chin. I didn't get depressed about it. But as I said, I think it was my sport and the mental side of, of sport that helped me get through it a lot. It'll be two years that a lady came from Guide Dogs, a lady called Linda Oliver, and she came to my home, and she's a wonderful lady. She's totally blind. She came with a dog and her partner. And Linda always said to me, she said, look, it's going to be a long journey, but I must warn you, it's a long road, and uh, you've got to go through a lot of training. But she said, how are you having some cane training? I said, I'm up for anything. Because you can apply for a dog, but you, you might not get one. She said, well, if you don't get one, the advantage that you got with a cane, you can still use it, but also you can make people aware you have a problem with your sight. And I had a wonderful guy called Dave Waterfall-Brown, and he trained me with a cane, and it was just so valuable, so, so valuable. And then, obviously, I got the wonderful news I was going to get a guide dog, and literally I started training with Hannah last November. It's been absolutely worth every moment. What about uh, training with Hannah then? What was that like walking with her for the first time? Amazing. Because the cane was good, but there are times when I was walking ahead and sometimes people wouldn't see with the cane, but 
As a guide dog owner with the dog, they see you even better. I trained with another guy. There were two of us. We went to a hotel who guide dogs put us in at a place called Eagle's Cliff near Middlesbrough. And once again, we had the most fantastic instructor, a girl called Claire Tansley, and she was just brilliant. So the training with, with the dog was just like even better because you, you get that bonding, you respond to them, and it's just an incredible dream how they train these dogs. It, it's, it's quite unique, really. Would you say you've got your independence back completely then? Absolutely. But regarding the independence with Hannah, the most fantastic thing for me, I don't have to rely on my wife to take me into town. I'm going to Newcastle on a course with guide dogs tomorrow. She'll drop me off at the station and I'll get on the train. Now, other than that, my wife would have had to take me everywhere. I get on a bus in where I live, I bus into town, I walk to the vets or I walk to the shop. It's something that I would, I could do it, I could manage it, even without Hannah, but I'd have to be very, very aware. But with the dog, it just makes people aware, but also it gives me that incredible confidence. Took her to my old club, QPR, and I'm not kidding. She came on the train, we stayed in a hotel, the dog went on the pitch at half-time, and she never bat an eyelid. It was just unbelievable. Dave, there's no doubt that Hannah's made a huge difference to your life and no doubt will continue to do so. But in the meantime, Dave, thank you very much for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Many thanks. All the best for the future.